This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome to an emergency podcast of the Ots and Audibles podcast. Um, I'm Matt Pray, Eric Scopel is with me as always. And let us be your therapy here for a second if you're an Oregon Duck football fan. Uh, because Eric, we got the Pac-12 all-conference teams. Uh, the email was sent out. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is the freshman defensive player of the year. Uh, we want to highlight that. Um, we also have a couple first team all Pac-12 players, but we noticed there were a lot of omissions on Oregon. Uh, and this has turned into a very hot topic in real time on Twitter. Uh, and on duckterritory.com as we are recording this, cause it's literally like less than an hour since this award, uh, list has come out, all conference. Uh, Oregon had, uh, they, they lost one conference game. They finish sixth in the country. They're Pac-12 champions. Uh, they lost one conference football game. And on the first or second team, all league, Oregon had just two players make the first or second team. You look at the second team offense, you look at the second team defense, Oregon had a couple players make the offensive team and CJ Verdell and Shane Lemieux on the second team. Second team defense was just Troy Dye. So a, a total of five players made first team or second team defense or special teams from a team that went 11 and two, won the conference, finished fifth in the country, and has various players up for national awards, various groups of players up for national awards, and this is all that Oregon has. That it, it's perplexing. I mean, you and I both were like, uh, "What? This is wrong, right?" I I was shocked, and it, I was couldn't be entirely. I was somewhat preoccupied because, full disclosure, Matt and I were, were recording a podcast um, when when Kevin sent over uh, the, the release and I kind of was looking through it and, you know, first glance. Oh my like, God. Oh my God. Like, where are all the Oregon guys? Like, where are they? Um, and, and I mean, it, it is baffling. And I think one, I mean, like, okay. Like one point that I just noticed looking through this a second time is that Kayvon Thibodeau was the freshman all defensive player of the year, but he wasn't even second team all conference, which, okay, that makes sense. That's fine. And He's a freshman. At, there must be just a bunch of older guys. Yeah, there. it's older guys. And then you realize Drake Jackson, a freshman from USC, is also on the second team defense uh, over Thibodeau. So they basically were like, Thibodeau's the best freshman defensive player, period. But Jackson gets on the list over him. And I like, I was like, okay, maybe the stats are just staggering. And somehow uh, and somehow Drake Jackson totally – should have just should have won the word outright, and no, uh, Thibodeau has more tackles for loss. He has 14. Jackson has 11 and a half, and Thibodeau has more sacks, nine to five and a half for Jackson. I just don't get that one at all, and it, it's kind of like it makes your head hurt trying to figure out the logic behind. Okay, he's the best freshman player, but he doesn't make a team, and yet another freshman defensive lineman does it. And that's just one of like a hundred things we could get into here. I mean, it's very very confusing. Um, we should, let's let's start with this. Justin Herbert doesn't make either team again. Um, Anthony Gordon, who plays for Washington State, which went, what was it, three and six in Pac-12 play this year, gets in over the quarterback of the eight and one Oregon Ducks. 
Um, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, Oregon won the head-to-head there. I know Gordon had a crazy stats, but Herbert was the quarterback on the better team. And let's be honest here, if we're just going based upon, like Tyler Huntley's the first-team quarterback, which I'm okay with if you're just going, okay, he's the quarterback on the best team, but A, he's the quarterback on the second-place team in the conference, and his stats aren't even close to as good as Justin Herbert. I mean, it's it's... I don't even know where to begin with that one. That one's really confusing. Uh, I mean, you go down the line here, and it's just like there are okay, there are two offensive linemen from Washington on the first team. Oregon has undoubtedly the best offensive line in the conference. They'd won more than half of. I'm kind of fired up right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, well, this I'm, is your you're right in your wheelhouse. I mean, I'm, stats and all that. You break all that stuff down. You know this stuff better than anyone. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I mean, because Oregon, Oregon won. There were uh, there were 15 weeks where they had the All Conference uh, Players of the Week, and Oregon won over half of the offensive line awards. Penny Sewell won four of them, and uh, Calvin Throckmorton and Shane Lemieux both won two. So that's eight of them right there. I, might, I think I might even be wrong. I think it might be nine. I have to go back and look. I, I didn't fully look at the research on that, but it, it's either eight or nine out of 14 were by, were by Oregon, and yet Washington has for two first-team all-conference guys over the Oregon guys, and you're looking at it going like Throckmorton, who had two all-conference players of the week as an offensive lineman, doesn't even get on either of the team, and that's the second year in a row where he's been ranked one of the best offensive linemen in the country and he's not even ranked on either of the teams. I, I, I mean, I think of this. Think of, I don't think of this for, for Calvin Throckmorton. That's where I first, when I saw the conference list, I immediately looked for Throckmorton because he didn't allow a sack last season all year, all year, and wasn't first team, second team, or honorable mention in the conference last season. So I was instantly looking, all right, did the conference get it right? Did they put Throckmorton on first or second team? He didn't make it. He allowed a pressure percentage of 1.4, tied for the third best among all linemen in the conference. In 441 reps this season in pass protection, he forfeited just six total pressures and not a single sack. He hasn't allowed a sack in two years, and he's not an all-conference player. He's also produced in the run game, posting the third best run blocking grade in the Pac-12 this season. A four-year starter, and there's someone better than Calvin Throckmorton at right tackle? Like, that does not make any sense at all. I mean, Oregon's entire offensive line is up for the Morris Trophy, right? Uh, the yeah. best offensive line in the country. And Oregon has just two players that make first or second team all-conference. Whereas, like, a, a guy like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on these players, but how does, how does Washington, a team that went seven and five, was seventy seventh in rushing yards, outside the top twenty five in sacks and least amount of sacks allowed, have Trey Adams and Nick Harris on the first team? Like that's just my and like, again, like I said, let us be your therapy because just like you, the Oregon Duck fan, we don't get some of these picks at all. That don't make they don't make any sense. I, they don't at all, and I'm 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 looking at this right now. And uh, okay, you look at the offensive line for Washington. They have two guys on there. Not a single one of those guys won an All Conference Player of the Week award all season. Neither one of those Washington offensive linemen, and yet they're over uh, Calvin Throckmorton and and, and Shane Lemieux, who have each won multiple of those awards this season. Um, it is baffling the offensive line disrespect there, and. Um, I mean, you could you could even look at C.J. Verdell. He, he has a strong argument to be the number one on the first team. Uh, he has more rushing yards than you know Benjamin this year. I know Benjamin was on the team a year ago, um, and, but 
I mean, he was undoubtedly the best player in that game in the Pac-12 championship game, and he's second team. And I think that's maybe a small quibble. Then you go on defense, and it's frankly, it's kind of infuriating the fact that Oregon has undoubtedly the second best defense in the conference. Utah's got the best defense. I think you can say that pretty confidently looking at the stats. But Oregon's number two. They don't have a single guy in the first team, and they have one guy on the second team. One player on out of 22 players, uh, you know, that are ranked the top players in the conference comes from Oregon. There's no way that's a fair representation. Um, Oregon has one of the best secondaries statistically in the country. They, they lead the country in interceptions. They don't have a single guy on either of the teams. They don't have a single guy. And they have more interceptions than anyone else in the country. I mean, this is baffling. This is, it makes no sense um, when you're looking at this stuff. Uh, I mean, how does Javon Holland, how is he an honorable mention player, cornerstone to this Oregon secondary? Uh, you know, he had a PFF, uh, a grade of 82, which is 10th in, in the conference. Uh, seventh in the conference in coverage, both of which were top ten finishes. Um, he had he allowed passer rating of sixty five point six, allowing just one touchdown and having four interceptions and four pass breakups this season while playing multiple spots all over the place. You know, this is a guy I I, I just don't see how he doesn't make first or second team defense. And like you said, like it's baffling because. It's not like Oregon's defense was just good in the conference and like, okay, you want to argue maybe just the conference as a whole wasn't very good defensively and, you know, they, they not, there wasn't any good defenses and so they were, you know, second of, of, of a group of bad teams. But no, that's not the case. Like nationally, this defense is one of the best defenses in the country. Scoring defense, ninth in the country and 15.7 points per la- per game allowed. It's not like there's four other defenses in the Pac-12 ahead of them. Only Utah at 13.2 fits that notion. Uh, total defense. Oregon is 22nd in the country. Only Utah in the Pac-12 has a better total yards uh, allowed per game total than the Ducks. And then you want to go further down, the yards per play, which is, I think, a true sign of where you are defensively. Utah is fourth at 4.40. Oregon is the second team in the Pac-12 to make the top 20 in this list. Oregon is 16th in the country. It's not like this group is just, you know, like, Utah is far and away better in every statistical category than everyone else in the conference, and there's not another team in the top 25 defensively. Like, Oregon is right there. There there are so many of these situations where you're like, okay, this Oregon defense is really good. They're 24th in opponent third down conversions allowed this season in the country, not nationally. You know, in terms of sacks in the country, Oregon is 10th. In the country. Yeah. They're and, first and in the Pac-12. It's baffling. It's baffling. And Washington, I'm just looking and counting it. Washington has five players in the first or second team defense in the conference. Oregon has one. And Oregon had a significantly better defense than Washington. USC had four players on that list. Um, and Oregon had a significantly better defense than Washington or than USC. So I, I, you just look through here, and it is – I understand on an individual basis, like statistically, okay, I know at linebacker uh, – Evan Weaver had like 170 tackles. He, he, he's undoubtedly the best defensive player in the conference. He won that award. That's fine. Nate Landman had a ton of tackles for Colorado. Okay. But you look at some of these things and I just don't get it. Uh, I, I don't understand how there's such a, a, a kind of a lack of respect for what Oregon did this season. And then you even look at the specialist stuff. Um, we should mention Brady Breeze is a first team specialist, um, as an all purpose special teams player. I thought Hockey Woods was honestly a little better in that regard, but I guess if you want to recognize Brady Breeze, I'm not going to complain with that, but, um, Blake Maimone, I think, has a, has a real argument to be one of these punters, and he's not on here. Arizona State, by the way, has, like, three of the five guys on the first-team 
special teams, so credit to them. But, like, Mikhail Wright is the only guy in the conference with more than two returns for a touchdown this season, and he's not one of the return specialists either. So um, I know it's a small sample size because he kind of joined it late, but I, I don't understand why he's not recognized. Do those touchdowns not count just because he wasn't returning kicks before the Washington State game? I don't know, but it is a very confusing list to look through. Um, I don't really get it, like, top to bottom. I'm shocked with how little respect Oregon got. I forget um, I, I forget if we've run through it, though. Like, Oregon has the fifth most representatives out of Pac-12 schools on these lists. That's You know, you look at the, the representatives. Oregon has five on the first two teams. You've got Utah with ten. Washington, who finished four and five in Pac-12 play, has nine somehow. USC has seven. Arizona State has six. And then Oregon has five. And if you look at first-team recognitions – Oregon is also fifth in the conference this year. Uh, Utah had eight players on the first team, which is, you know, Utah undoubtedly had a great, great season, but they had eight. Oregon had two. And Oregon just beat that team by 22 points last week. I don't even get it. Washington had five. Arizona State had five. And USC had three. That's an Arizona, a USC team that Oregon beat by like 32 points. And they had more representatives on both the first and second team. It is a hard, hard thing to wrap your head around in terms of what all, how all of this comes together and why this is the case. And I think, as Matt said earlier in the show, the only thing I can, like... If I'll you've tell you how this happened. I'll okay, tell, tell you me. how this happened, all right? Yeah. After the break. All right, so this happened because I, I, I mentioned this to you. I, I said it on Twitter before. I mentioned this to you when we were in Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, Um Waiting for post-game interviews to happen. Oregon had just won 37 to 15. They're Pac-12 champions. Uh, this team, even before they became Pac-12 champions, they got that swagger about them, right? Like, this team is certainly very confident in themselves. And righteously so. Like, I don't know how you, you can't be with, with this group. They are very good and they know it. And then you combine that with, look, Part of sport in college, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, whatever sport it is, and regardless of whether it's college or not, really, is it, there's there's a good chunk of its competition, preparation, you know, preparation and and all that stuff. But then there's another aspect of it where it's marketing. You need to market yourself. You need to because you want fans either to come watch your games, you want good players either to, you know, if they're a high school player. Uh, to choose your school over other schools, or if they're at the professional level, you want to create a brand that good players want to gravitate towards, and Oregon is very good at that. They are very good at marketing themselves and presenting their brand at a national level. And so when you now have the fact that Oregon is good, they know that they're good, and they're marketing themselves really good, this goes back to the Chip Kelly, the Mark Helfrich days, when the marketing machine was humming and there was a ton of stuff, a ton of content put out by this Oregon football program, rightfully so. I mean, they, 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 they certainly talked the talk and backed it up with their play on the football field, but the rest of the conference, they took notice of that. I mean, Washington State, when they released the duck hunting thing, Colorado did something as well. Washington, when they scored 70 points or, or more on Oregon in the 2016 game, everybody remembered all the stuff that Oregon talked about, and it was, let's get them back when they're down. And now Oregon's back again. They have that swagger, 
and they have the results on the field to back it up. And look, other schools, you don't want to give this team any extra ammo. I mean, look, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna straight up say it. The coaches don't want to give Oregon the credit because they know the more credit this program gets, the harder it's going to be to beat them because of their marketing abilities and because of the talent that they have on this football team already. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just, I'm still just looking through these lists, man, and going like, it's, it's so confusing. I don't get it. Uh, I mean, even if you want to look at like Mario Cristobal has a strong case to be Pac-12 Coach of the Year, right? Uh, and and yet he doesn't win the award. It goes to Kai Whittingham. I guess I get that. But if you want to say who did more with. With less, I guess Cristobal. Jonathan Smith, like. Or Jonathan Smith. I was just gonna say, Cristobal only had apparently five all-conference players and Winningham had ten and. And yeah, Cristobal won the conference. Won the conference, so, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, there, it, there's just, all of it feels like it doesn't make sense and I think you're right, all of it kind of feels like it's done out of, of spite or, or, or out of kind of frustration with, with Oregon's ascension and, and I am, Happy that a player like Penny Stool gets on the list. Happy that Brady Breeze gets on there. Kayvon Thibodeau, very deserving of Freshman Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, CJ Verdell and Shane Lemieux, that's fine. Troy Dye, I think, is probably where he should be, but it feels like there are a half a dozen, at least, guys that, that were deserving of being either a, a little bit higher ranked or at least on one of the teams. And I know it doesn't mean a ton, you know, big picture. Oregon still won the conference. That You know, they're not changing anything there. But you look through this, and I can't help but be – a little bit frustrated just because it doesn't feel like this was conducted very seriously. It feels like it was. I mean, if I, again, Washington received the first and second team all conference recognition like a team that won the conference would, and they were four and five. And that's kind of the thing that is just mind boggling to me. It's, I mean, that's the weird part of this is that there's so many things that you could nitpick and it's like, Okay, I, I totally get Justin Herbert not making first or second team. Like Anthony Gordon had just unbelievable numbers uh, passing the football at Washington State. Tyler Huntley was efficient, but I think it was also pretty evident when they played a good team. Like he couldn't he couldn't compete against the elite, you know, the elite of the elite teams. I mean, they played two good teams, two good teams in the conference, and with eight and four records or better, and they lost both. You know, Oregon made Huntley beat them, and he couldn't do that. In the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, I have no problem with Zach Moss or Eno Benjamin making the team. I have first team. I have no problem with Brandon Ayuk or Michael Pittman, uh, making the, you know, the receiver spots. Hunter Bryan at tight end. Sure. No problem. Had, you know, Jacob Breland not been hurt, he probably makes first or second team there. You know, but again, like offensively, there's just so many weird deals with, you know, players on, on both sides of the football. Uh, it's just a weird, weird situation. And, and like, I, 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 I keep going back. Like the only way I can justify this is the conference doesn't want to give Oregon more ammunition, uh, on the recruiting trail or, or whatnot. Like it just, it just, that's the only way I'm wrapping my head around it. Call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't know, but there's so many things out here where it's just like, it, it just literally does not make sense. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, it's just, it, 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 it doesn't make sense. And I, I don't, I, I don't think logically you just run through it and I just don't get it. I just, I just can't say I do. Um, I, and again, there are some things that I, I can give a thumbs up to a couple of these spots, but there's so many that I'm just confused and I just can't get over the fact that you would put Thibodeau, who had better statistics as the, as the freshman defensive player of the year. And then you have a guy who's also a freshman who you, who he clearly was better than based upon the vote. And yet that guy's on the second team defense over Thibodeau. And again, just the fact that I just think that's such disrespect to 
this defense. I mean, let's put it this way: like Colorado had a had a better representation on the first and second team defense than Oregon did, and Colorado was probably the worst defense Oregon played all season. Um, Oregon State has, and actually, just looking at this, I think um, there, you know, Oregon State's Hema Clarver Shed probably should have been on the first team. He's on the second team. I and mean, if you're a Beaver fan, you're probably frustrated there because he was like top statistically in the country for a couple of a couple categories, but. Uh, I, I don't understand how some of these defenses, which Oregon was clearly much, much better than, have so much more representation, and Oregon just has Troy Dye on it. Um, <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of the things that made this defense so good was that it was more than one guy. It wasn't just Troy Dye, and you saw that represented in his statistics. I mean, he didn't have the big numbers this year as he had a couple years ago, and uh, you know, time and time again, you know, we would do these podcasts with opposing beat writers and, and do these ask the expert stories where you know, they ask questions to us and. A lot of times they would ask who's a star player on defense, and I would basically say Oregon has eight guys that can be a star player from game to game. So to only see one player represented on the, the supposed, you know, for real official all-conference list is just like I, I don't get it at all. I don't get it at all. I, I won't be able to get it. I, I don't understand the way this is constructed, and it, and it feels kind of it feels insulting. I think um, for some of these guys to at least not be uh, on the second team. Um, and I'm not saying that these aren't good players at other schools. It just it just feels like there's there's an incredible amount of disrespect on this list in terms of who's represented where. I mean, uh, California has a good defense, but they have more players on here than than Oregon, and there's no way that defense is better than Oregon. And, and again, the Washington one, they have five players, including two on the first team, and Oregon has one player on the second team. Um, and that Oregon defense is miles better than Washington, and I don't think anybody would disagree with that. So that's where it's just it's confounding. It really is. Real quick before we wrap up the show, Darian Felix also, during this whole ordeal, uh, transferred out of the program. Um, it's funny. We recorded earlier today uh, our Mailbag Wednesday podcast, and we were asked about <laughs> potential transfers. And so if you listen to that one tomorrow, you're going to hear us talk about, oh, there could be some transfers. Well, obviously that was recorded before Darian Felix happened. He was one of the guys that we were watching. Like, there's, I, I think this transfer shocks nobody, right? No, and, and you know, if we were going to name guys that would make sense to transfer, I think he'd be probably right around the top of that list. Um, obviously, a talented player, a player that I think you, you're kind of bummed he's leaving because there's there's clearly some upside there. Um, he had moments even this season where he ran the ball at a pretty high level. Um, he's a player with some impressive uh, athletic traits and a player who I think will have a good career wherever he goes. But um, it makes sense in terms of you know, that at some point, somebody from that recruiting class from that or we should say that year in school, was going to transfer at that position because you had four players that were sophomores this year going on into junior years next year. And it would have been kind of strange to have those four guys together all four years. Not surprised it happens. Not surprised it's Felix, who was kind of the fourth guy on the totem pole out of that group. Um, but I will say it's a player who I, I think will have a good, uh, you know, will, will perform well wherever he goes. A player that I think was had the potential to be a pretty good contributor to Oregon, but unfortunately he's behind some pretty good running backs in C.J. Burdell, Travis Dye, and then, of course, Cyrus C.B.B. Likio. Real quick before we wrap this up, I'm just going to tie this up for a bow, how this makes absolutely no sense from a conference standpoint. Oregon is number six in the country. They are 11-2. and two. They are Pac-12 champions. They beat every single team in the Pac-12 North. They had a four-game conference lead uh, in, the, in their division. Um, they beat... The, the Pac-12 South champion. They beat the Pac-12 South second place team in the USC Trojans. Mind you, by like 30 points. Uh, also, which they, you know, they crushed Utah. 
Um, they did not play the UCLA Bruins, who finished four and five. They lost at home uh, on the road, excuse me, at Arizona State. They did not play Colorado, and they absolutely thrashed Arizona. And yet, the conference says this is the team that has just five all-conference players total on it. Makes no sense. Doesn't make sense for you. Certainly does not make any sense for Eric and I. Uh, and that's going to do it for us on the Odds and Audibles podcast. Thanks for listening. Adios, amigos.